What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the GOAT Show. It is Monday, August 30th. The preseason is officially behind us, and the regular season is starting up next week. So you know what that means? NFL football? I was going to say, we have not a lot of time to do three more of these shows, <laughs> uh, including this one. Um, I was thinking positively, but okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so with that, we're gonna we're just gonna get right into it. Uh, obviously, I'm back with Ryan today. Hey, everyone. Yeah. Um, so today we're getting into the NFC South. Uh, starting things off with these defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so obviously, we're gonna start out with some of their notable losses this off season. That. Which is no one. Um, and then getting into their notable additions, they were pretty quiet in free agency. Uh, the only person that really stood out to me was Giovanni Bernard, the running back formerly of the Bengals. Um, and then in the draft, they made a couple of little splashes with uh, pass rusher Joe Trion out of Washington and then quarterback Kyle Trask in the second round, which I thought was interesting. Um, but yeah, as we pretty much just highlighted, literally no, um, real off season turnover. Um, (laughs) I believe they're the first Super Bowl winning team to return all their starters and coaches. If I remember correctly, uh, does that sound right to you? I think the first team to do it since, uh, a late seventies Raiders team that won the Super Bowl. Oh, Could okay. it be the 79 Raiders, if I'm not mistaken? Um, the Steelers won the Super Bowl in 79. What kind of Steelers fan are you? Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Raiders won in 76 and 70 or in 80, I believe. I'm confirming <laughs> that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, either way, impressive nonetheless. Um, especially, like, they had a lot of work to do to bring some of these guys back, right? Like, um, they re-signed, my mind just blanked, uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Shaq Barrett, I think. I there, Yeah, they had, they had a lot to work, a lot of work to put in. Um, so it was really impressive that they were able to keep the band together like that, uh, much to the dismay of people like us who are really <laughs> excited to watch them fall apart. Um, but you know what this means? And okay, well, I want to clarify first. I don't want this to be just a Tom Brady hate show right now. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna be careful there. But this means that they're no longer underdogs. They went into last season, um, got obviously coming into last year off the seven to nine season, the expectations weren't super high. Uh, the saints were firmly in control of the division and proved that in the regular season. Um, but now they're not underdogs anymore. Uh, you know what that means? We can hate on them. We get to make fun of every little <laughs> failure that they do because there's no excuse at this point. So, if Brady, so we, if Brady holds up four fingers, we we know what's going on. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but all jokes aside, this is obviously a really talented team. Uh, their mm-hmm. offensive line really came through last year. Obviously, their receivers were outstanding. Um, you know how many times this offseason I've had to argue with people that the Bucks actually had a better supporting cast than the Packers? You've had to argue that? So often. So very often. And I don't get it. Like, obviously, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, two all-pro caliber receivers uh, very recently. And then, obviously, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown aren't in their prime, but they're still future Hall of Famers that can play a role. Um, especially Brown being the third wide receiver on the team. Like, that's just an insane match. So you can't double cover a single person on that field. Mm-hmm. Especially considering like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette weren't super productive last year, but they're still pretty talented guys that, given the opportunity, will make plays. So all around, that offense doesn't really have any weaknesses um, as long as Brady remembers what down it is. And <laughs> defensively, their front's super solid, and I'd say their secondary isn't outstanding, but it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a whole, yeah, very good roster. I don't know. Do you have any more comments on that? Just basically the team as a whole, really. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't – I can't – disagree with anything you said I personally think that they have the best roster in the NFL I think they have the best receiving core and they kind of like add on to what you said about that um <clears throat> some of the discussions you've had about comparing the Bucks to Green Bay I would say Antonio Brown on Green Bay would be the second receiver and on Tampa he's the third yeah like just to make one one point there um kind of like what you touched on talking about Tampa. I think they have the best receiving core in the league, lead offensive line, and elite defense. And there isn't really much more you can ask for from a team, especially with like what you touched upon earlier. Uh, the fact that they're returning all 22 starters. I just don't really see this team slipping up much. I have them as the one seed in the NFC. And even if Brady's decline steepens further, I don't really see them failing that much just because of how much talent they have and so many things, different aspects of their team that they can lean on in order to win games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, The only really negative with this team that we can look at is they did start the season on a really rocky stretch. Um, They were seven and five going into their bye week and then just really stepped it up down the stretch uh, winning four games to finish out the regular season, and then obviously four games down the playoff stretch. Um, Mm -hmm. And they scored the lowest point total that they scored in that time was 26 points in week 14. Other than that, they were over 30 every single game, (laughs) which is, yeah, insane. But, um, yeah, I think before we get into the predictions with them, I just wanted to say that we definitely did see a lot of volatility, I guess, um, just with how this group performed. Mm-hmm. Like they had 
if we look just at the beginning of the season, they had a lot of highs and they had a lot of lows as well. Um, like in week four, when they beat the Chargers 38 to 31, finally looks like they're in a rhythm. And then the next week they come out and lose 20 to 19 to the Bears. Like just <laughs> stuff like that, where I think it's kind of on brand with Brady teams over his career, at least at least in recent mm. memory. Um where every year they'll find a way to lose a game that you don't think they should. Um, yeah, like, especially, like, you look at back when in the past couple of years with the Patriots, like the off game to, like, the Dolphins or a team like that, where <laughs> you don't see it coming, uh, but they're definitely... Yeah, they're definitely kind of prone to upsets in that way, um, which I think we could still see again this year, even with, um, yeah, like more, we've seen them at their best, different. but we can't really count on that every week, mm-hmm. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, and add on what you said, I'd, I'd always remember season like two and two, and everyone would be asking, oh, is the dynasty over? And they would end up just going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they would finish with the top two seed and cruise to the playoffs. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I do like that you touched upon that because I did – I was thinking about that and, and I was going to say that, you know, that looking at the roster, you would think Tampa Bay is going to steamroll everybody and I don't think they will. I do think that they'll see some competition, but as it stands right now, I consider them the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to rule them out as the best team in the league after what they just did. Um, but yeah, just some things to consider. Like they, uh, they finished the regular season eleven and five, um, and in that time, I believe they only beat one team with a winning record, being the Green Bay Packers. Um, <laughs> Which is, yeah, definitely something to note, especially with the Packers still looking really good this year. Um, But I think the games against the Packers were, yeah, being the regular season game and the playoff game, they were two of the Bucs' most impressive games this season, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, Just looking at, uh, like in the NFC Championship, they put up 31 points. Uh, and even with the turnovers, they were able to hold Aaron Rodgers out of the end zone, um, which that was like the best scoring offense in the league last year. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a super impressive feat. Um, so, yeah, I think that's kind of what you're getting from them at their best. But at their worst, like we saw early in the season, like I mentioned during that game in Chicago, um, if like the turnovers are racking up and their defense gives up a few plays, they looked bad at times too. So yeah, definitely some highs and lows um, with this unit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And you know, I still could see him going far, but um, I don't know. I mean, they're definitely the top contender in the NFC and I'd, be curious to see if they can get dethroned. Yeah, I mean, obviously they seem to beat right now after they finished last year. So, mm-hmm. uh, you ready to get into the predictions today? Yeah, yeah, 
I'm all ready. Sweet. Um, so I'll start things off. For optimistic, I have 15 and two. I think this roster is capable of. I mean, I don't remember exactly what their schedule looks like, but they're probably capable of winning every game. But like I said, they're definitely prone to getting upset every once in a while. Um, realistic, I have 12 and five, which is probably a little on the low side, just looking at how good this team is. But like I said, um, I expect them to get caught off guard every once in a while. Um, and then pessimistic is eight and nine, which is is like a couple division splits, a uh, few upsets here and there. That shouldn't happen unless they really blow it. Um, but yeah, this should definitely be a winning team this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, mine predictions are very similar. My optimistic is sixteen and one, and mainly that's just if everything's clicking, if their defense gets even better than what it was last year. Uh, Brady another year in that Aryan system where quarterbacks do tend to get better the second year in his system. And that's if, you know, Brady plays even better than what he did last season and the weapons are still good. The line, the run game are excellent again. I could see them steamrolling their way to 16-1 and one, and the one seed in the NFC. However, my realistic is 13-4, and four, which is still the one seed in the NFC for my predictions if the people listening, however however many they are there are have seen my posts. I do think that they're that I have them as the one seed in the NFC. I think that they still have the best roster in football and should still be pretty dominant. And my pessimistic is ten and seven. Cause I do think that they're so good that even if Brady's decline continues like I said before they can still win and I could still I still see them as a double digit team unless you know they're riddled with injuries which you can't predict so that's what I think of the Bucks this season yeah for sure um definitely very good I think the biggest question is just whether how well um other teams will adjust and face them this year um but yeah I think they're Definitely, like, the the bar is really high for them. Um, mm-hmm. And the pieces are obviously still in place to meet those expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you ready to get into the Saints? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all, I'm all good. Sweet. Uh, so starting things off with their offseason losses, um, definitely quite a few. Uh, I know they didn't have a great cap situation going into this year. Um so the biggest one, obviously, was the retirement of Drew Brees um, after, what, like 15 years in New Orleans? Um, something like that. Mm-hmm. Veteran Emmanuel Sanders, uh, tight end Jared Cook, Janoris Jenkins, uh, um, sorry, Trey Hendrickson after his breakout year, and young linebacker Alex Anzalone. Uh, and on the flip side, they added uh, – cornerback Brian Poole in free agency and the draft they went after um, defensive end Peyton Turner in the first round out of Houston and cornerback Paulson Adebo out of Stanford in the third Um, so yeah quite a bit of turnover there Um, they definitely had a bit of an aging roster I mean they were probably my 
Super Bowl favorites for the past like four years. Um, and yeah. a lot of that might have been wishful thinking because I wanted to see Breeze get another ring before he went. But um, yeah, they definitely had a lot of work to do, kind of clearing out some of the age from this roster and uh, freeing up some cast space as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's probably the biggest storyline for this team is looking at Jameis Winston. It was officially announced as the starting quarterback. Um, obviously some highs and lows in 2019, but I think one thing that's really important to consider is he literally got eye surgery after that season. Um, <laughs> like people just are really quick to ignore that he was pretty much playing blind and still threw 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Uh, so you couple his better eyesight with a year under uh, Sean Payton and Drew Brees, who ran one of the most efficient passing offenses, if not the most efficient in the league uh, since 2006. Um, so just, yeah, we're taking that season, stepping back, working on his mindset. Um, I think that's huge. And going into this year that he brings a dimension to this offense that they haven't had really under breeze as a whole, um, just with Winston's arm talent, but especially these past few years, they've been missing that. Yeah, I totally agree. And um, I personally, personally think that James Winston is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. Um, I think I ranked him 20th on my top 30 quarterback ranking. And I just think that people made too much of a big deal about his 30 INT season. Uh, when you look at his career stats, it's a huge outlier, and I and I bet all the W's that I can eat that he'll never even be close to that again. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of uh, coinciding with what you said. You know, he's, he's proven that he can push the ball downfield, evidenced by 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns, which is something that Drew Brees struggled with and something that I think could elevate a receiver like Michael Thomas – you know, with all the all the slant boy memes, the uh, putting his face on Ant Man and calling him Slant Man, <laughs> stuff like that. I do think that a lot of that, you know, criticism that was more of a Drew Brees criticism, in my opinion, than a Michael Thomas criticism. And with Jameis Winston's ability to throw the ball deep, I would kind of like to see that stigma erased a bit through you know, a difference in the route tree for Michael Thomas. Of course, Michael Thomas being Michael Thomas is out <laughs> probably the, the first month of the season. So we won't be able to see that right away, which is bound to hinder their offense. Although I know that this is going a bit beyond Jameis, but just since I'm going to talk about their offense as a whole, um, Alvin Kamara has proven to be an elite weapon and can be relied upon to help fuel the offense, especially behind the line they have. And um, watching them a bit in preseason, Marquez Callaway looks primed for a really solid year in that offense without MT. Um, do you know the status of Adam Troutman, the tight end? I don't know anything specific about him, but he is set to be the starter as far as I know. And this mm-hmm. team has like their tight ends in the past. 
yeah, and and he can be productive. Um, even Taysom Hill for what he does, although I don't really think Jameis needs Taysom Hill. Drew Brees did because of his arm strength fleeting, and they needed a bit of change of pace in the offense. Just to interject a little opinion, I've never been big on a Taysom Hill because I think it kind of screws the rhythm of your offense up unless you have like a huge play out of Taysom Hill with, or out of a Taysom Hill-type quarterback, which yeah. isn't really consistently happening. I would like to just see Taysom Hill be more – you know, more of a receiver and kind of be more grounded at one position rather than occasionally playing wildcat quarterback just to help the offense, you know, stay um, aggressive when Drew Brees couldn't be. But um, especially that with Sean Payton calling the plays, who's been ex- you know one of the best play callers and play schemers in the league, I still think that's a really good offense. I think that their defense – should be really good again, even though their corner situation is pretty iffy. It's not um, great. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'm putting it lightly, but um, yeah, I still think that they're good. I think it'll be a competitive team. I don't have them in the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Uh, the division is tough, which could be obviously a problem, but um. I, I don't think that things are too terrible here for them. They really managed it as well as you could to an extent with their being in a cap, cap hell for a lot of the off season. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, they could, they could be far worse off when you look at the losses like you uh, talked about earlier. So, um, I don't see the playoffs, but I do see them being competitive, which is, a lot to ask for in itself in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I really don't think they're going to fall off as hard as some people think, especially you look at how good they've been the past couple of years uh, with Drew Brees missing time with injuries and what they were able to accomplish with guys like Teddy Bridgewater and um, in 2019, sorry, and Taysom Hill last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, given just the upgrade that Winston brings with his potential, I think they could be a really dynamic group, Um, which, yeah, I think would shock most people, Mm -hmm. weirdly enough. But, um, yeah, I think they could be really good. Um, On the other end, the defense was quietly very good last year. Um, They were – fifth in scoring, fourth in total yards, and third in takeaways. Um, and obviously, losing a guy like Trey Hendrickson, who was so productive rushing the passer last year, is going to hurt you a little bit. But they do still have uh, Marcus Davenport, former first-round pick. Obviously, they brought in Peyton Turner this year to help rush the passer. So I don't think that's a big loss. Um, obviously, that secondary leaves a bit to be desired, but Altogether, I think this team is still better than people think, Um, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, I think that leads me into the predictions if you're ready. Yeah, I'm all ready. Awesome. So for their optimistic, I have 13 and four. Um, Realistic, I had eight and nine, which looking back was probably a tad low, but I think definitely like that eight to 10 range 
Uh, maybe even as high as 11 is pretty reasonable. And then pessimistic, I have 6 and 11. Um, just if the chemistry doesn't work out, if the defense falls back off again. Um, but altogether, I think this could be a quiet contender at best. And at worst, they should be able to still compete and, uh, I don't know, maybe just play spoiler in the NFC. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what'd you have for them? Well, like usual, it's pretty similar. Uh, my 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 optimistic <coughs> is uh twelve and five. E- everything good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, my optimistic's twelve and five. Uh, kind of like what you said, I could see them being really good if their offense really clicks. Maybe Michael Thomas comes back sooner than expected, and uh, their defense is good again. Their line is good, and you know, Jameis is eating W's. They could be <laughs> twelve and five. My realistic is one more win than you have at nine and eight. So winning record, which is eating a W in itself. So um, my pessimistic is six and eleven. It's just if a lot of those things don't click, you know, if, if Jameis is struggling, if their secondary is struggling, if Michael Thomas is not playing at a high level and is hurt a lot of the year, if you know defense. You know, putting a lot of attention on Kamara can screw things up for them. I that's how I could see six and eleven, but I think, kind of like what you said, I see like the eight to ten range being the most realistic scenario for this team that I think is going to be pretty competitive, like they really have been over the you know past few years, and I feel like people should warrant them, you know, the level of respect of you know. The fact they have been contenders and they have shown us that they can win a lot of regular season games and win in the postseason. So I, I feel like people can often, you know, turn their heads away from a team, a franchise, and a coaching staff that's put a good product of football out there. And I think that's what New Orleans has been over these past few years. So I'm not, I have no reason to really think too low on them as, you know, an overall organization at this point, which is why I have them still being nine and eight, despite all their losses. Yeah, for sure. I think they could still quietly be a very solid team this year. Um, Definitely not a team to sleep on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Could be really interesting. Uh, But yeah, moving into, I wanted to go to the Carolina Panthers next. Um, Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater was their starter last season. He is gone. Um, I don't think too many Panthers fans are torn up about that. Um, uh, longtime defensive lineman, lineman Kwan Short is out. Mike Davis, who spent a lot of time filling in for Christian McCaffrey last year, he is gone. And then Curtis Samuel as well, a versatile receiver. He also left in free agency. Um, Pretty underrated player. What was that? Pretty underrated player, in my opinion. Yeah, because for sure. I really mean, you're, like, you're an Ohio State guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And I remember there, he was very, like you said, versatile. He uses a running back and a receiver. And I think he's really quality, like like what we both just said, versatile receiver for an offense is like a really solid like third option. Yeah, for sure. Um, Sorry to throw you off track. Yeah, no problem. Um <laughs> Looking at their additions, they signed 
Uh, veteran corner AJ Boye. Um, ooh, I snuck Russell Okung in there. I think I meant that as a loss, though. Pretty sure he is gone. Um, they replaced Bridgewater with Sam Darnold. I believe it was a second round pick they traded for him. I don't remember exactly, but um, definitely an interesting move. They signed Hassan Reddick uh, out of free agency this offseason. Uh, tight end Dan Arnold, not to be confused with Sam Darnold. Very <laughs> similar names. I was just um, about to say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, imagine calling that. Uh, touchdown pass. Um, <laughs> Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then in the draft, they grabbed J.C. Horn, corner out of South Carolina in the first round. Wide receiver Terrace Marshall Jr. out of LSU. Um, he's been flashing all preseason. Mm. And then Another interesting one I thought was uh, tight end Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame later in the draft. Um, so, yeah, pretty busy offseason for them. Um, I would say altogether last year was a little disappointing, especially looking at the loss of Christian McCaffrey for the majority of the season. Um, but especially with McCaffrey back, this they have a lot of potential. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Especially looking at this offense and the weapons they have there, and like uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, obviously McCaffrey. Um, yeah, what do you think of this unit? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of their um, weapons right now, and a fan of their future. I think that they have a pretty bright one. Um, I'm not so sure it'll materialize for the playoffs quite yet. But I do think that they're on the right track. Um, kind of like what you talked about, they have a nice core of young weapons like DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. I always grew up saying Ter- Terrence Marshall Jr. Yeah. I always say Terrence. I always say Terrence. <laughs> Terrence Marshall Jr. Uh, obviously, CMC coming back from injury, who, in my opinion, is the best back in the league. I know that's up for heavy debate and – you can make an argument for a lot of the main, you know, a lot of the top six guys, but I would say CMC. Um, you have Sam Darnold, who and himself is a massive wild card. However, it's one that I'd be willing to bet on. Talent is talent, and he really has it. And I think that, I, I mean, it goes without saying that Sam Dar- Darnold really struggled in his career. However, I think that any quarterback would struggle under Adam Gase's tutelage and in his system. And you see a lot. There there is a notable exception there. Um, Yeah. If we look back to 2013. But yes, a certain fellow (laughs) with a large forehead. But he, you know, there's also a huge brain in that large forehead that could run his own offense. So that there's a. (laughs) <laughs> that's a bit why it's uh... yeah I mean he kind of tricked the whole league into thinking Adam Gase was an offensive genius for a minute there I mean if you look at if you think about Peyton Manning's greatest accomplishments that might just be it the fact that he allowed Adam Gase to have multiple jobs in the NFL <laughs> as a high ranking jobs in the NFL like you know Super Bowls MVPs passing records the fact that he allowed Adam Gase to masquerade as a offensive guru might yeah. just 
Maybe, maybe Peyton Manning is the real life Loki. <laughs> uh, trickster. Yeah. Uh, carrying on. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Obviously, I, I'm pretty. I, I like their offense this year, and um, I do like a lot of the young talent they have on defense, like Brian Burns, uh, Jeremy Chen, who both had really solid years last year. Drafting J.C. Horn, which makes our secondary even better. So I think things are really on the up in Carolina, but you know, with the strength of the division, strength of the conference, I don't see playoffs, but I could see it next season. They're a little bit like how I view the Chargers to an extent, a talented team that people think could maybe make a playoff push, but I don't see it quite yet, but I do see it a year from now, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely fair. Um, Obviously, like you said, Darnold is quite a wild card, but he definitely brings a lot more potential than Teddy Bridgewater did. Um, Mm -hmm. You saw flashes of really good playmaking ability in the past, um, but also some pretty serious floors. So Mm. (laughs) it'll be, yeah, um, definitely something to look at. I, it would be hard to go wrong though. um, At least yeah, um, looking at the system they're running there under Joe Brady and with the weapons they have in place, it should be a recipe for some success for him. Um, I can't, I mean, it's obvious, it's the best situation he's been in his whole NFL career, right? Yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just, just as long as he doesn't um, see ghosts or have mono. I could see him having a pretty nice season there. Like you said, it, it's his best situation, play calling weapons. I, I don't see any excuses in place for him now. He's just got to go and, and really improve himself and, and show why he was drafted so high and really, you know, sell us on some of the flashes we've seen from him, you know, with his huge arm and physical ability. So I, I'm excited to see it, and, I, and I'm rooting for him. Yeah, and it's good for him to get a fresh start. Um, I don't know if we should expect like Pro Bowl numbers hmm. this year, but they should be very solid. Um, oh, and speaking of just a funny story, uh, my name in fantasy football the past three seasons, I believe, has been 14 seeing ghosts. <laughs> so um, I, 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 I've changed that. I, I'm trying to find a new name this year just to move away. But um, yeah, I guess that's my um, eternal link with Sam Darnold is uh, using his expense for a funny fantasy football name. Yeah. Mine for the past few years has been uh, hooked on a feeling. Um, oh, okay. Star Lord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't know if we're going to be drafting Adam Thielen much this year. So I might've been thinking of something else to we'll see how things play out. Um, yeah, there, there's certainly a lot of them. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of opportunity. Uh, last year in one league, I had Baker Mayfield, so I was Baker's fresh turnovers. I thought that was pretty clever. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I remember those old jokes with Tony Romo, but um, yeah, I guess he, he inherited it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantasy is fun. Anyways, um, <laughs> are you ready to get into the predictions? Yeah, 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 I'm all good. Cool. 
Um, optimistic might be a bit of a reach, but I have 12 and five. Um, I think, yeah, the talent is definitely there. Uh, realistic was pretty low at seven and 10 and then pessimistic. I have five and 12. So yeah, that seven and 10 was definitely on the low end um, just because of how unproven this team is as, as a whole, especially with uh, the defense and Sam Darnold could go either way. Um, but yeah, they're definitely, yeah, altogether they can, they could be, a surprise like 10 win team i doubt it uh but you know they should put the league on notice this year and they like you said they do have quite the future yeah yeah and they get into mine i promise i'm not copying you <laughs> my optimistic is 10 and 7 kind of just if their offense is clicking and their defense makes some noise and maybe plays above the means we see now and have darnold solid i see 10 and 7 of course, if the things I say happen, they could be more than that. But I would say ten and seven is like the most optimistic I can be. My realistic is eight and nine, so one win away from a winning record. But um, yeah, I think they're a talented team, and I, I do think that they can be on the rise going in the future. Uh, pessimistic is also five and twelve. It's kind of just if Darnold continues to uh, see ghosts, if uh. There's some paranormal activity in Carolina. Hmm. I, I then their offense struggles, and then maybe their defense isn't as good, or takes a while to get going. That would be five and twelve. But I do think I would say a six to like eight or nine wins is probably realistic. Although that's a, that's a large range of games, but um, yeah, yeah. But that's what I would see for them. But I'm, but I'm not totally low, and I do see the talent there, and. They should be a really fun team to watch. I mean, they were last year, and they had Teddy Bridgewater. So, yeah, I'm curious to see what the uh, how the Panthers keep pounding. Yeah, for sure. And like they won, they won five games last year. I think that's a solid floor. Um, is pretty much the same. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, a lot of the pieces are in place. We'll just have to see. Like if they're this division is decently tough this year. Um, obviously, we get into the Falcons in a minute, but they have a lot of talent. The Saints and the Bucks are obviously good. Uh, so if they don't come to play in the division, they could get left behind. But like you said, the talent is definitely there that they should be at least somewhat competitive. Yeah, yeah, I, I can totally get behind that. And yeah, like I said, I'm just excited to watch them play. Yeah, for sure. It'll be interesting to see uh, what Darnold can put together in Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, big kind of growing year for them, I guess. Uh, mostly just with the loss of Julio Jones. Um, center Alex Mack walked in free agents. Or was he? It was free agency, right? I don't think he was traded. Either way, I, he's in San Francisco now. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember what happened. Um, but he's gone. Um, they lost like all of their starting safeties in uh, Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal. Both. No wait. Allen is in Cincinnati now, and Neal and um, I didn't write this down, but Kazi or whatever 
are both in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. My, second then, fa- my second favorite, Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to elaborate on that for people who aren't as familiar with your uh, movie work? Ah, yes. Self-advertising. <laughs> so I have a my other page, Greatness Debates Films, where I talk about movies, TV, potentially music, video games, etc. And uh, I'm a big fan of Keanu Reeves movies. So that's how I, I, just, I just had to interject once I saw the name that in Hawaiian means soft breeze over the mountains. Ooh, that's Keanu beautiful. Reeves, it, it, it really is. Yeah, <laughs> Keanu Reeves is part Hawaiian, so... Yes, I just had to put that wholesome tidbit of information for you all. Cool. Do you want to hear a really cool story? Uh, I don't think I told you this before, but my one of my professors, my first year in university, went to high school with Keanu Reeves out in uh, the Toronto area back in the day. Yeah, yeah, because Keanu Reeves is from Canada. I know that. Now, hockey back in um back in his younger days. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was cool. My professor just flexing a little uh, Keanu Reeves um, story there. Yeah. <laughs> thought you might find that interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, so back to the Falcons offseason. Um, obviously, they took the one-year flyer on Todd Gurley. Didn't really pan out. He's gone sitting in free agency still right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see if anything happens there. But could, um, not to, sorry, sorry to cut you off again. Do you think he could end up a Raven? Probably not. I did see a report today that they're not likely to go after him, but I do think that would be interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, they've been the most effective running team in the league for the past few years, so mm-hmm. I would just, definitely open things up for him. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't think he fits their style because they like a lot of you know power running, kind of smash mouth football, and Gurley's always been kind of more of a sort of finesse runner, right? Guy that's going to juke you and hurdle you and yeah, isn't stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, like I said, I did see a report that it's not likely to happen. I think it kind of would have been interesting, would have been a good opportunity for him for sure. But I don't think the Ravens needed to do that. Uh, obviously, Gus Edwards has been a very effective runner for the past couple of years uh, in the small sample size that he's had. Uh, I don't remember exactly what their depth looks like right now, but... Justice Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. They've been able to make anybody work lately, so... <laughs> have Lamar Jackson's running gravity too, which opens up a lot in the exactly game and stuff like that. Yeah, so they don't need him. Uh, we'll <laughs> see what kind of other opportunities open up for running backs down the stretch. I'm sure he'll end up on a roster some point this season, uh, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so looking at who the Falcons brought in, um, Obviously, the most notable was Kyle Pitts in the draft. I thought that was an interesting move, but I don't think you can go wrong uh, just looking at the kind of talent he is. And then in free agency, they brought in Cordero Patterson, return specialist, kind of a gadget offensive player. Um, 
Mike Davis was an interesting one for me um, coming off of a thousand yards from scrimmage season with the Panthers last year. Um, I think he has a pretty good opportunity looking at how Arthur Smith, the uh, Falcons new head coach likes to run. I mean, we saw what he did with uh, Henry in Tennessee last year. And obviously Davis isn't that same caliber of player, but I think he's still pretty talented. I mean, he's a solid downhill runner and he has some catching abilities. So um, Evan, by last season and the team we just talked about. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the opportunity should definitely be there for Davis. I don't think they have a ton of talent depth behind him in the running back room. Um, so yeah, that for me, that was just a really solid addition. Um, but yeah, the Falcons are in a weird place right now where they're kind of on the doorstep of a rebuild, but they don't really want to commit yet. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, kind of like when they drafted Kyle Pitts, a lot of people were saying, oh, they should, you know, trade the pick and try to go add a, you know, trade the pick for more picks and get more pieces for their defense and stuff. I see both. I was one of those people. (laughs) You were one of those people? To a degree, yeah. I, I, I really see where you're coming from. Like, I feel like to make this more broad, but I feel like a lot of people should put themselves in other people's shoes and see different perspectives. So I, I get both sides. I would lean more on like, you have a generational talent, a potential generational talent, at tight end. You had, you had, you had Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. I was thinking, you know, like, oh, you have Matt Ryan, who's been really great. My opinion, Hall of Fame level quarterback over these years. They could have one of the best passing offenses in football. Then they trade Julio Jones. Yeah. So, like, well, that passing offense, that passing offense is even weaker now. So, I don't know. I, I'd still say that a talent like Pitts is there. It's hard to pass on him. But um, maybe they should have traded. What, what do you think? Well, practically speaking, I was definitely thinking, okay, they're not really going to compete um, with this team they have right now. Matt Ryan doesn't have a lot left in the tank. Like, I think he's still solid, but mm-hmm. um, you just look at the young talent that's coming into the league right now. Obviously, they were in position to go after um, – I believe they were right after Trey Lance, right? I have to look at the draft order, but I mean, yeah, Justin Fields on that. Yeah, so they could have gotten Fields. Uh, they could have traded down. Maybe got Mac Jones. Um, so yeah, I was definitely thinking, okay, well maybe they'll move down, take the quarterback, whatever, build up the defense, do something along those lines. But then you know, the more I thought about it, if I put myself in the GM's shoes and I was looking at Kyle Pitts on my draft board. I don't think I'd be able to move away from that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but now I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, Justin Fields, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts for the future, that's that's pretty nice with Arthur Smith calling your plays. Yeah. That, that's a lot better than what he has in Chicago. Like you mentioned earlier, I'm an Ohio State guy, so obviously I want the best for him. And it just bums me out to see him on the Bears with Nagy. 
So like, yeah, him being in Atlanta with you know that cool culture they have and Ridley and Pitts, it would just be so much better for him. But just just let me sob in the corner yeah. <laughs> silently. <laughs> Uh, this is kind of a random note, but are you familiar with uh, Secret Base on YouTube? No, I'm not. They're doing a really good... Well, first of all, they they do a lot of stuff for all sports, pretty much. Um, just a lot of interesting, like, history videos, a lot of stats stuff. Um, it doesn't sound really interesting, but it is. Um and they're doing a seven-part series on the history of the Falcons right now. And it's pretty fascinating. Um, which, you think of the Falcons, and they've been around forever, haven't really done much. But they had a lot of interesting history going on. Um, so, yeah, a little plug yeah. for Secret Base there. Uh, I definitely recommend checking that out. Yeah, yeah, I know. Maybe. Hopefully some Falcons fans are listening, you know, they have some you know cool history with like Deion Sanders and stuff like that. So I know they had a crazy defense. Is it in the seventies or the eighties? Seventy seven, yeah. Seventy seven, they had a really good defense. And obviously that twenty sixteen year with you know, that the Shanahan calling the plays and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Snoo and Tamonta Freeman team that Really should have won the Super Bowl, but really, really, really should have won the Super Bowl. But, you know, I would say stuff happens, but, like, my God. <laughs> Game. I you know, See, it's just so hard to talk about the Falcons without that coming up. Yeah. Which I, I know is, must be painful for the Falcons faithful who are who had to be very faithful after that game. Yeah. But um if any Falcons fans are listening, I I'm sorry. I, I was rooting for you too. Yeah. Um funny story. After that game, you know how Rise Up is one of the Falcons like slogans? Yeah, that was insanely ironic. Are you familiar game. with the song Rise Up? No, I'm not. Uh, I think it's by, um, I don't want to sound foolish guessing Ryan. I think it's like the Parachute Club or something. Um, sounds corny, and it kind of is. But I was literally driving home from a Super Bowl party that year, and that song came on the radio, and I immediately turned it off. I haven't <laughs> been able to listen to it the same since. Uh, yeah. I was that was a dark day. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, where were we? Um, yeah, I wanted to talk more about Kyle Pitts. Uh, I'm really excited to see what he can do, especially considering he has a really nice talent. No, I was gonna say balance of talent and opportunity that most young tight ends don't really have. Um, did you know that only one tight end in NFL history has had over 1,000 year yards as a rookie? I did not before I am seeing it on our notes page. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was Mike Ditka in 1961. He had 1,076 yards in 14 games. Since then, no one else has even had 900, and only two rookie tight ends 
in the last or since 2000, so in the last 20 years, um, have had over 700, and that was Jeremy Shockey and Evan Ingram. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that record of 1,076 for a rookie tight end is attainable, or at least a thousand yards? Uh, just looking at the role he should have. Yeah, I mean, looking at recent years, like Justin Herbert and um, Justin Jefferson, even last season, breaking all these rookie records, you know, with the uptick in passing volume in the modern game, I feel like a lot of these older records are just waiting to be broken now. So it would be fitting if Pitts on a team that looking, you know, at their talent level is probably going to be down in most games with a stellar quarterback like Matt Ryan that's you can trust throwing the ball a lot looking at that situation yeah I I can very easily see Pitts breaking the record I would almost say I think he will but um yeah I I, if he breaks a thousand yards I wouldn't be surprised he's that talented he probably should have the volume as the number two passing target in that you know really you know really all should be a a well-schemed offense with a good quarterback and a amazing wide receiver one in Calvin Ridley, who I think could have an outstanding season this year. He's one of the best route runners in the league and should take away a lot of coverage from Kyle Pitts or a lot of attention from Kyle Pitts, which sounds absurd because Kyle Pitts is Kyle Pitts. So, yeah. Yeah. I I think that passing attack is going to be legit. So totally. Yeah. I, I think Kyle Pitts is, probably the best candidate we have to break that record in a while yeah for sure um yeah i mean looking at how their target share broke up last year um julio jones had 68 targets on only nine games uh so those are up for grabs they didn't really bring anyone else in to help out there uh, and hayden hurst had 88 targets as the starting tight end so Pitts would probably eat away at some of those uh, so, yeah, the opportunity should definitely be there. Uh, one last thing I wanted to say about Calvin Ridley is some people are worried about him being the number one wide receiver uh, with Julio gone. The joke's on them because he pretty much was the number one wide receiver for most of last season. And he put up over 100 yards per game without Julio last year. So, yeah, I'm not worried about him. Um, I don't know. Did you have any... I wanted to oh sorry, I want to come out on the defense quick. Um just looking at how they were pretty bad last year and they didn't do much to get better, which was a little disappointing. Um yeah, did you have any comments on the defense before we get into the predictions? Obviously there isn't a lot to talk about there because there isn't a lot going on, but <laughs> yeah, I um I could see them being maybe about average which I think the team will be overall. But, um, you know, last year was such a weird year for defense, as you touched upon it in the last podcast, you know, with the no training camp. And um, I, I could see a lot of defenses getting better kind of out of nowhere. And I could kind of see Atlanta being that. And I'm not going to say they're going to be like a good defense. I think they'll be like average just to slightly below average, which is still better than what they were, obviously. Yeah, um, 
they do have some interesting pieces with like Dion Jones at linebacker. Uh, obviously, he's a great athlete. Um, AJ Terrell should have a better season as a young cornerback. Um, so, yeah, I mean, realistically, they can't really get too much worse than they were last year. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there isn't a lot more to expect from them. Um, but, yeah, are you ready to get into the into the predictions for them now? Yeah, yeah, I'm already. Cool, cool. Um, so, my optimistic for them is probably really high looking back at it now i have 12 and 5 um uh, <laughs> yeah i don't really remember how they came to be i kind of came i kind of did this uh really quick yesterday um so maybe i didn't put as much thought into that as i would usually hope to but obviously they have a lot of talent on offense and if this defense uh can surprise they could win quite a few games i don't know if 12 is that attainable um but you never know Uh, obviously that 2016 team kind of came out of nowhere too so you never know um there when i did the realistic predictions i was probably pretty low on them i had five and 12 and then pessimistic is four and 13 so yeah, five is probably a little low. I think definitely, yeah, like five to eight is probably the most attainable. Um, yeah, they just have they have a lot of potential. They just need to find it. And their window, especially with Matt Ryan, isn't very big. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this season plays out and how they move forward, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, um, this will kind of prove that I'm not copying you in terms of <laughs> the optimistic, realistic, and pessimistic. So my optimistic is nine and eight. Um, their offense is, you know, really good. Like I do expect it to be one of the better passing attacks in the league, but if it's even better than that and their defense plays at about an average level, I could see nine and eight. Although this division's so hard, conference is so tough. I really don't see it. However, I am still pretty high on them, higher than most. I have them realistic at 7 and 10, which is kind of like what I said. I think their passing attack will be good. Um, I feel like their defense hinges on the opti- – like kind of bridges the gap between the optimistic and the realistic in terms of how they play. I think they'll be about average and slightly below average, which puts them at 7 and 10. And then my pessimistic is the same of yours. I did not copy you. it's four and 13 as well however i I do think they'll be in that little five to seven win range yeah for sure one last thing i wanted to note just looking back now is how many close games they had last year um week two in dallas they lost uh 30 yeah 40 to 39 uh very next week 30 to 26 against the bears uh, they had a 23 to 22 loss against the Lions. Um, do you remember that was the one that Todd Gurley accidentally scored? Um, <laughs> it oh. won me my fantasy week, but <laughs> not what they were concerned about there. Um, they had a five point loss to the Saints, a three point loss to the Chargers, a four point loss to the Bucks, a three point loss to the Chiefs. Um, 
so a lot of close games. So that four and twelve record maybe doesn't tell the whole story. I think, yeah, there's a lot in play here. Um, but yeah, I think they could be pretty good, but there's a lot of questions left to be answered. Yeah, I agree. Another team I'm curious to see. Yeah, I think they should at least be fun to watch um, with some mm-hmm. of the weapons they do have. But, yeah, it's hard to really predict um, too much better than they were last year just with how little they did bring in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's a wrap for the NFC South. Um Overall, a pretty fun division, but... Mm-hmm. Pretty competitive. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to the next show. We'll be getting into the NFC East, I think. Um, if that... Yeah, it's following our pattern. Um, mm. Which doesn't look super pretty on paper, but I think that's the beauty of it. Um, it's the NFC least. Yeah, so exactly. You know, a lot of really interesting historic teams there. Um, but yeah, that's a wrap for today. Uh, Ryan, thanks for thanks for doing this again. Um, of course, go. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> um, yeah, stay tuned for the next show. Probably coming later this week. Yeah. Thank you for listening. All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs>